Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw Countdown, the only pro wrestling countdown show here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. We're also available wherever fine podcasts are in the audio realm. Be sure to hit the subscribe or download button. It really helps out the show. Yes. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. If you want to financially support the show, we have plenty of reward tiers you can choose from. $1, $5. Even gonna, we're coming up with one uh, coming up in like a week or so. Uh, that's going to be a $200,000 Patreon mark. That's right. Yeah. Find out what that's all about. Come June 1st. Anyways, um, oh, we're also on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash yes. going in raw. You can get this shirt at uh, New Japan's Pro Wrestling Tee Shop. I'm waiting for my Congress Under Mecha Santa shirt oh, yeah. to show up. That should be any day now because I think I ordered them on back-to-back days during that last sale. So I'll be wearing that soon to support. That is a good-looking shirt. Going in raw. Absolutely. You have a new one on the way, don't you? Yeah. The new design guru. That's what you're calling me. <laughs> Uh, what's your hesitate? Why can't you just accept that compliment? Oh, I'm not denying it. You're not denying that you are the new designer. No, I'm guru. not denying the compliment. <laughs> I think it's very nice. Okay, good. But I don't consider myself a, oh, a guru. You should. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we're not here to talk about design gurus, Larson. What are we here to talk about? Surprising world title victories. Now at a backlash. Um, in fairly surprising fashion, yeah. um, Jinder Mahal won the WWE Championship for Randy Orton. Yeah. So, of course, that got us to thinking about other world title wins that were pretty surprising. We gave Jinder like a 0.1 to 2% well, chance. by of... the time the match actually happened, we bumped that up to 20%. Yeah, but still, it's, it's, overcoming it... 80% odds against you is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty surprising. Yes. Here are 10 other surprise title changes. Yes. Number 10. 10. Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. Yeah, we were there. We were there. It was very shocking because uh, this I, I, I literally stayed true to my word and uh, left 
during the the open of the Brock Lesnar. Actually, it was the close of the match before that, preceding that. Yeah, you went I got to uh, the merchandise stand. To get my merchandise because I was like, you know what? I know what this Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match is going to be like. So, so you didn't really enter our mind. There was a possibility that a Money in the Bank no cashing could happen at WrestleMania because yeah. it never happened before. It had never, ever happened before. Uh, so, of course, Seth Rollins on uh, at Money in the Bank prior to WrestleMania on June something or another. I didn't write that down. Um, won Money in the Bank, and he held on to it for, geez, I mean, that's almost a year. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, 10 months or so. Yeah. Um, so he was Mr. Money in the Bank for a very long time. They, yes, he they, was. They used that as part of his angle because it was only shortly before that, I think it was like a couple weeks before that, that he actually turned heel against the Shield, mm-hmm. returned on the Shield, joined the authority. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, like, like I said, we were there. You know, we all thought this was going to be sort of Roman Reigns' coronation as top dog yeah. in his yard. Yeah, I've, 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 uh, this is how I've described the feeling in the stadium that day. Um, that there was this point in the match. Uh, well, the, the match starts out with Brock dominating Reigns. Yeah. Reigns, bit by bit, starts to come back. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where they're kind of on equal footing. And we feel like, uh-oh, the tide has turned. This is where Reigns... Because even back then, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, n- you know, nobody liked Roman Reigns. <laughs> Except Vince. That's right. Pretty much. He came out, he got booed That's a lot. Right. Yeah, he did. Um, and so they're both down the mat, and we're like, oh, great. Roman's going to get up. Let me ask Superman you Superman punched three spears, won the belt. The people have only grown to even dislike him more. Yeah. Like, it wasn't as bad as it is now. It was still bad. But it's worse now. It's worse now. It's definitely worse yeah. now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, th- I think the mood in the in the stadium was generally, oh, gosh, here it comes. This is where Reigns wins. And then, then Seth music hits, and I think everybody kind of looked at each other like, this is the way out of this. <laughs> this is the way Roman isn't winning the belt. That's something we actually like is going to okay, win. Okay, but hold on. For me, I know for me, I can speak for me personally. It was, oh, God, this is a way out. Please let them do it. Please let them do it. Because you're looking at he's facing against he's facing two other guys who are booked to the moon strong. Yes. Just absolutely massively strong. And so it was completely within the realm of possibility that he was just gonna blow this opportunity. Yeah. And so uh, but of course it didn't happen. And they, they actually they 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 choreographed this. They put, they put a little well. doubt in your mind that he was gonna the Seth was gonna walk out of there as champion. It was like, I mean, honestly, it was horror movie tension. When he comes running down there, you're running in this pit of, like, beasts. And you're with him on this. It's like, you know he's the heel. I mean, we were both Rollins fans anyway. Yeah. But you know he's the heel, and it's like, oh, he's going to make this cool now. Yeah. But it's like, is there, he's actually going to do it. And he's like, he's got the ref, and he's all freaking out, and the ramp is forever yeah, long. Yeah, and he's sprinting down. He's sprinting down. It was probably, I want to say it was Chioda that was with him. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember which ref it was. But he was running too. And uh and he gets in there and what's the sequence of events because it ended with him. It ended with uh it ended so there was a bit of a back and forth. Uh Lesnar gets Rollins up for an F5. Raw uh Lesnar kind of turned around cuz he's kind of in the corner, I believe. Roman Roll, spears yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Rollins gets out of the F5 attempt. Um, as Reigns is getting up from the spear, Rollins gives him a curb oh, stop. Oh, beautifully done. And gets the pin on him. And, of course, this is after Rollins had already lost to Randy Orton with a beautiful RKO out of nowhere. And so we kind of figured, oh, okay, well, he's done. I mean, I don't know why we didn't think that this is even a possibility. Well, we weren't as tuned in as we are now. <laughs> I guess not. Um, now we've been there, done everything. 
So, uh, so yeah, and we just—I mean, I the, the the state of euphoria we were all in leaving the arena, the stadium that night was next level in terms of wrestling euphoria. I dare say unparalleled so far in terms of our live experience. Oh, for sure, live event experience. In terms of like that moment, that was the highest I've ever felt off the moment. Uh, I mean, in terms of like total encapsulating nights, uh, the PWG show we went to was like. Just a really, really great wrestling crowd yeah. to um, be a part I, of. The uh, probably the, the second closest thing I can think of is when uh, we went to NXT Brooklyn and Shinsuke won the title from Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, that was huge too. So, um, but no, I mean, I, I distinctly, I still can play this back in my head, like the the beat of his music kicking in and his name. Because, you know, that screen, that Titan is massive. And even from the seats that we had, which were good seats, but they weren't like on the field or anything. It was, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Those, like, I actually much prefer those seats the ones we had this year on the field, simply because you get an overview of everything. And, uh, and so sitting there and then seeing his giant name come up. And we both looked at each other like this. It was jaw-dropping. Yeah. It was absolutely jaw-dropping. I get like sort of goosebumps even thinking about it, like reliving it. That was an absolute shocker. Very surprising. Yes. And, of course, he had a – he had a. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most even world title. It was booked weaker than yeah, I would have liked. Yeah, he was booked as a weak heel, but he played the role exceptionally well. Had the yeah. belt for about seven months before he blew out his knee at a house show. The, I mean, my only qualm with the way he was booked was how, the way he would win matches. Because his matches were always stellar. Yeah. It was just, man, you know, can we get a non-J&J security finish here, please? Yeah. Or a non-Kane finish. Yeah. Number nine. Nine. Mikey Whipwreck. So this, this one isn't necessarily so much... Just the, the, the nature of the win itself being a surprise, but just kind of his career arc yeah. um, in ECW to begin with. Because he started out as a, a, a volunteer member of the ring crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Free. I guess... he didn't, he didn't even get Yeah, to get paid. paid. He, yeah. Just, he, he and I think some, some others um, just wanted an opportunity to... to Bounce around the ring before... Yeah, before yeah. and after shows. And then yeah. uh, Joey Styles took notice of him. Mm-hmm. Um, brought him to the attention of Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. And from there... Paul Heyman signed him on, and he started out as a jobber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then it seemed like you know he was a much sm- much smaller competitor than a lot of people on ECW, and you know he he quickly became uh, an underdog that the ECW arena could really root for. It was kind of he was kind of a case of just the ultimate uh, uh, vi- like living vicariously through another person because the dude was not. He was just the most regular-looking guy. And yeah. they played that in some degrees to, to comedic effect, well, a lot to comedic effect. Because, for example, I believe him and Cactus Jack won the tag team titles. Yes. And there's a couple of great promo, at least one great promo, where Cactus Jack is talking about you know all the violence and whatnot, and, and Mikey is just not into it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not interested in any of it. So he was like, in that respect, he was kind of like a hesitant champion. But he would somehow, some way, find a way to win when it kind of mattered. Yeah, because uh, as he started... He won the his, television championship. Yes. And then, as you mentioned, tag team titles with mm-hmm. Cactus Jack. And his uh, push kind of reached his peak when uh, he won a number one contender match um, for the ECW world title. Mm-hmm. And he had the ladder mm-hmm. match on the uh, October 31st, 1994 edition of Hardcore Television. It was a brutal match. Yeah, too. against the Sandman, who was champion at the time. Ladder match. Um, yeah, it was pretty 
brutal. And uh, it was like there wasn't there. He didn't. It's not like he won thanks to shenanigans. No, he uh, there wasn't. Well, he didn't use a whippersnapper to win. Yeah, he uh, he 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 hit uh, the Sandman a few times with the ladder. Mm-hmm. One a pretty stiff shot to the head that busted the Sandman open. Oh yeah, he was busted open. Oh time. yeah. Um, and then uh, Whipwreck laid the ladder across him. He went to the top rope, did a splash, and picked up the win. Yeah. And the entire face locker room comes out and celebrates with him. Yes. And Cactus Jack, too. And Cactus Jack. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he only held it for about a month a month and change. Uh, after that, there was a three-way dance between Sandman, him, and Austin. Steve yeah. Austin, yeah. who was doing those promos at the time. Um, and ended up losing it there. But yeah, I mean, he was sort of the the very. De- it, was, it was kind of like I mean, it was kind of like a a gift to the fans to have sort of the guy who personifies them yeah. win the title. So people were pretty surprised that happened. Number eight, eight, Bob Backlund. So uh, Backlund, Bob Backlund. Um, of course, he was a former WWF champion. Yeah, this is not like when. Well, this was still WWF. Yeah, uh, this, this was, is like in the late in the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm, he was yeah. a prominent. He was actually a champion. Yeah, he, he Made was sense one of the, the top names in WWF. Yeah, but by the time 1994 came around... He was not. Correct. He had exactly. not been in WWF for He was a while. 45? Yeah, 45 yeah. or so. Um, he was in a feud with Bret Hart, who at the time was WWF champion, and they had a match at Survivor Series 94. It was a submission match. Here's kind of the interesting part about how this match worked. It wasn't as if... Because you go back to submission matches and you think Stone Cold Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Sure, yeah. That was a submission match. Yeah. Where the two people in the match would have to give up mm-hmm. to lose, but that was not the case in this match. Each competitor had uh, someone in their corner. Mm-hmm. Brett had the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Backlund had Brett's brother, Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to win the match, um, you had to put a submission move on your opponent, and their uh, corner person would have to throw in the, the towel. Yeah. So that was how the match was constructed. Um so it's a long match, I think like 35 minutes long. I and I, like, I feel like the last half of it is is Bret Hart in the chicken wing. I feel like come November, we're going to be doing this for our bad pay-per-view oh, review could show. be. There's a lot of Survivor <laughs> Series to choose because from. We, we, we fired this thing up to rewatch this match. <coughs> and like you get all the different Survivor Series teams like revving each other up. Yeah. And like one of the one was like Team Luger. And it was Luger, Mabel... Adam Bomb, I think. Oh, I think it was Crush. Oh, it was Crush. Hold on. Wasn't Crush and Adam Bomb the same person? No, they were two different people because they're both in Chronic later on. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, uh, oh, and the Smoking Guns. Yeah. And then uh, team Luger HBK also. had his own team of himself, Diesel. Um, Which immediately, it's a stack team. Well, then there's also Jeff Jarrett on that team. <laughs> We'll talk about that in November. Yeah. So, anyways, um, but yeah, this match is back really to this long. Thirty-five minute. Yeah, this match. match is super long. I feel like the last half of it was Backlund. Um, uh, Backlund had Brett in the crossface. They were wing. they were spooning on the floor of the mat for the longest time. It felt like at least ten minutes. The longest time. So, so at some point, at some point, like ten minutes prior, Bulldog got knocked out. Yeah, he got KO'd. So for the duration of him getting KO'd and the end of the match, he was out on the floor. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly. There wasn't a concussion protocol back in 94, man. Okay, but here's the thing. Even if there wasn't a concussion protocol, the fact that nobody really took notice and then tried to help him for that long a time of somebody's out cold, that's not natural. For somebody to be knocked out that like he, I agree. That's like death status right there. That's like this guy just got knocked into a coma. 
you should immediately begin emergency procedures. Agreed. <laughs> but this is professional wrestling. <laughs> so anyways, uh, with Bulldog knocked out on the floor, um, Owen goes to the ringside area where Stu and... Mama Hart. Yeah. Is it Mrs. Helen? Mrs. Oh, Helen sounds right. Helen Hart. I'll say that. I think I read that. Helen Hart. Mrs. Hart. Susan Hart. We'll say Mrs. Hart. Um, we're sitting ringside and Owen starts pleading with Brett's mom specifically. Yeah. Their mother to throw on the towel on Brett's yeah. behalf because yeah. you know, now suddenly Owen is, is his conscience is, is, is eating is, away at him. Yeah. Because his That's brother, my brother is there. That's my brother. In the cross face chicken wing for at least 15 minutes. And I'll tell you what Owen did a hell. I love Owen. Owen did a hell of a job acting this out. Selling it. It was fantastic. I thought Owen was like the most entertaining segment yeah. about this. So uh, uh, Mrs. Hart, you know, she's conflicted. She wants to help her son. Correct. Same time, Stu's like, nope. Stu's like, no, we don't do that in this family. Nope. You, Yeah, no, we don't do that. You you deal with it. You deal with the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, Brett, if you're such a great wrestler, get out of the hold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Stu Hart's controversial opinion. The same as ours. <laughs> Um, so eventually, uh, Owen pleads enough that uh, his mother throws in the towel. Yeah. And Bob Backlund is your new WWF champ at the age of 45. Now, I couldn't tell. It was very surprising. He held the belt for three days. Yes. Before and losing it at a house show at Madison Square Garden to Diesel. In a match that lasted how long? Eight seconds. Right. I think it was a kick and a powerbomb <laughs> and a three count. Yeah. It was eight. It would have been uh, like four seconds if it was like Scott Hall, you know, but it was Diesel, so he's slow. Um, it would have been three seconds if it was HBK because it's super kick pin. Super kick pin, exactly. Uh, so, but what was funny is that the crowds were right. Number one, the the WWF title changed hands mid show, so this yes. was like this was not the main event. The main event was Yokozuna versus Undertaker, which I'm sure was another. It was a casket match or something. A casket like that, right? match, exactly. And Chuck Norris was there to enforce things. Um, and if you have Chuck Norris in a match, obviously it's going to be the main event. This was like held in the middle of the mat, in the middle of the card. So that's kind of that's kind of where you see how they treated the WWF title at the time. It was sub Yoko Undertaker Chuck Norris. It was sub like best Survivor team, Survivor Series team. It was it was underneath all those. It this was I think after the Doink and Lawler match because the Doink had his team of little people wrestlers. Lawler had his own team of little people wrestlers, and they fought. And then Doink put a pie in the face of Lawler, which naturally led to the WWF World Title match. After that, there was still like a lot of show left. This was a thirty-five minute match. The crowd seemed completely, completely apathetic towards this. Um, they were chanting for for Brett to get out of the hold at one point. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the finish. I think first was bewilderment mm-hmm. until they started to present the belt to Backlund, and mm-hmm. then there was booze. Yeah. They're like, this is, this is BS. Um, but, yeah, it was very underwhelming, as much of a lot of wrestling was in 1990. Yeah, but at the time, you know, even still thinking about it in hindsight, having Backlund at 45 years old, who hadn't been in WWF for a while, coming in and defeating your top guy for the belt is a pretty huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it also speaks to how much of a top guy Bret Hart really was. But that's a controversial opinion for another day. Another time. Number seven. Seven. Chris Jericho beats Triple H on Raw. So this is on the April 17th, 2000 episode of Raw. It was either April 7th or April April 17th. Wikipedia said 17th, and 
the WWE video playback of this at the 7th. Well, I'm going to trust WWE. <laughs> All right. So this happened on April 7th, 2000. Uh, and so... This Jer- opened the show, right? Yeah. Jericho was white hot. He was white. This is about a year or so after his debut. He was white hot. Um, and this was back when, like, anything could happen on Raw. Yeah. Like, anything could happen on... There was a lot of title changes on Raw. Oh, yeah. A lot of them. Um, but anyways, uh, Jericho um, challenged Triple H, I guess. Uh, I forget what the setup was exactly. But anyways, Triple H bit. Uh, Jericho ended up beating uh, Triple H. Uh, Earl Hebner did do a quick, a quick three count. Um, and I think this was during the very extended period of time when Triple H and Earl Hebner had kind of a side feud going because Triple H would always be on Earl Hebner's case and Earl Hebner would always be yelling at him. And that played into a couple matches throughout like a three-year time period. It was weird. Uh, but in any event, later, so Jericho won the title, basically hightailed it out of there, ran out of there. Yeah. Um, Triple H got up and he started freaking out. The crowd was going crazy. It was just, that was the great thing about Raw back then. They had all those moments of pandemonium yeah. where, oh my God, what just happened? The crowd's going crazy and people are freaking out. Yeah. That happened a lot on Raw. Yeah. And so Triple H, uh, I think they came back from like commercial or maybe it was in like a couple segments later. I forget. But anyways, he bullied Earl. He said, Earl, get down here. And he bullied him into reversing the decision. He showed the tape back and he says, that was a really fast count. Um, you know it was. And uh, and so he made Jericho come back out and he took the championship back from him. And it was it was it was one of those things that even so I was like a big triple H guy back then. Yeah. Even that, like that broke me. I was like, Oh, that's the most heel crap ever. I'm so upset right now. Yeah. Uh, but it, if you're looking back on it, it was like, oh my god, that's like the coolest thing a heel can do is I know. bully his way back into having Being a title. Champion, yeah, exactly. Uh, don't touch my feet. Sorry. Uh, Jericho did go on to legitimately win the undisputed championship uh, by beating Rock and Stone Cold in the same night at Vengeance 2001. So like a year later. Yeah. Um, but at the time, he was sort of a heel. I don't think people really wanted Jericho to be a heel. It wasn't like when he was a really good heel. Yeah. It was like. It was just a poorly booked, I think, cowardly heel type thing. Mm. And I remember because I remember watching. I remember watching his uh, when he won that. I mean, hell, that actually could have been on this list because he yeah. won the undisputed championship by beating the Rock and Stone Cold. And not a lot of people, I think, expected that to happen. And then his run really wasn't all that great. Yeah, like, I remember. I remember seeing him come out. Maybe when he lost it to Triple H, or maybe it was just one of the times when he was actually champion, and just people did not seem to be into it. He wasn't getting like a lot of heel heat. Yeah, it was just people were not into it that much. So that wasn't like the best. But it's always cool to say, "Hey, you know what? It wasn't The Rock. It wasn't Stone Cold. It wasn't Triple H who was the first undisputed championship. It wasn't Kurt Angle. Yeah, it was Chris Jericho. So that's always cool because we love Chris Jericho. We do. Number six. Six. Mankind. He won so, the title on Raw. Yeah, so uh, this was the the same night as the infamous finger poke of doom. December 29th. No, nin- December, oh, oh. sorry, January 4th, 1999. Well, it was taped on the 29th. Yes, and that's how uh, uh, WCW, WCW knew the results of the match because it was pre-taped. Correct. And so they spoiled the finish of this match live on air. Yeah. Um, Classy when, Eric Bischoff. I know. When Tony Schiavone, um, as you said, um, you know, with uh, Eric Bischoff, telling him to say this, um, told people what the outcome of the match was. and But apparently it didn't work in WWE's favor because over a half a million people turned the channel from Nitro to Raw to see Mick Foley win his first world title. Yeah, man. People like Mankind. Yeah. 
They do. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, this is, again, one of those pandemonium moments where he won it uh, thanks to help from number one DX, number two Stone Cold. Yeah, who, who gave The Rock a stunner. Right. Um, and But, of course, that led to like a really, really great feud between The Rock and Mankind. He actually lost it, not I think, even not even a month later. Um, at the Royal Rumble. When's yeah. the Rumble? The Rumble's at the end of January? Or yeah, so less than a month later. But then the Mankind won it back, I think, at the Empty the arena, arena match. match. Yeah, the Empty Arena match. Yeah. And then Rock won it again. Um, so at the beginning of the night, Mankind had a match against Triple H um, with uh, Shane McMahon as the guest referee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shane uh, cost fully the match. Um, and then uh, so Triple H wins. Um, but then he pet, Triple H pedigree Shane, and then Mick puts uh, Shane in like a submission hold mm-hmm. and demands um, a title shot later that night and threatens to break Shane's arm. I believe. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and then so Vince gives him the match, no disqualification. So we we have this match as a main event, and as you mentioned, it's like overbooked, but it's wonderfully overbooked. Yeah, exactly. And so, the crowd was just eating it up. The crowd yes. was insane for this. Yes. It was great. No, it was fantastic. I remember watching this live. It was yeah, me fantastic. too. And yeah, it was like, and then it's like you flip over to WCW. And you get that ridiculous garbage that's going on there. <laughs> We're under watching that oh, too. Man. Because here in, in California, we'd get Nitro from 5 to 8. Mm-hmm. And we could turn over to Raw right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because Nitro would always end at 8 because they had to play Robin Hood or whatever. The show on <laughs> was on afterwards. Yeah. And so we could just turn right to Raw and we get all... Five hours of wrestling in a row. We that was so about much it. fun, man. We go hang out at Jeff's and watch it or Nathan watch it. Yeah, that was so much fun. Um, so we get to watch all that. So you watch the 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 finger poke of doom. You hear Shivani talk about stuff, and you're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And like, "This is stupid. Yeah. Why are they ending a show this way? <laughs> this is really stupid." Yeah. And you watch Raw, and it's like two vibrant, exciting hours of oh, wrestling, yeah. and it ends in such a euphoric moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not I mean, another, not another. At that point, you, stings in the rafters. We're going to Robin. Yeah, no. At that point, WCW is like, okay, I'm watching just to see how bad it could get. Yeah, I know, I know exactly. Like, or I mean, for me, it was kind of like always. Well, is this ever going to get better? Like, can they do some cool, shocking stuff? But all their shocking stuff was just crap. Number five, five. Andre the Giant beats Hulk Hogan, brother. So this was on Saturday night main event, February fifth, nineteen eighty-eight. I remember watching this when it happened. Uh, yeah, you've told me this before. Yes. Well, we've talked about this match before mm-hmm. on, on other episodes. Um, so <laughs> it was a match. I always get I always get confused with all these. So there was Hogan. Beating Andre at WrestleMania three. Did this yes. predate that? No, this is afterwards. This is after that. Yes. Okay. Um. Uh. So this match was for the WWF Championship. Okay. Which Hogan at this point had had for like four years. Okay. He had it forever. All right. Um. And this was uh, uh during the time when Andre aligned himself with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Okay. Right. And so, uh, you how know, long after WrestleMania three was this? WrestleMania 3 was 87. 87. So almost a year. Okay, all right. Um, so there, there had probably been like two story beats in that year. Probably. <laughs> I know stories moved much slower back then. <laughs> they really did. Um, so this is the match with the, uh, the, the, the twin referees. Oh, yeah, Dave, Dave and Earl. Dave and Earl Hebner. Yeah. So one of them was Dave, I believe, mm-hmm. was a referee for... During the actual match, yeah, yeah, counted yeah. the pinfall when even though Hogan like kicked out at three or something like that, right? And but still counted as a win, gave Andre the belt, and this went Andre 
gave the belt to DiBiase. Right. Because DiBiase effectively bought the belt. He had a lot of money. Yes. He was a million million dollar dollar man. Right. Um, And uh, I think Hogan uh, around this time was going to go and shoot No Holds Barred. Oh, okay. So he needed to take a break from television. Right. Um, So this is the storyline they put in place. Of course, Jack Tunney stripped DiBiase of the belt because he didn't win it. He bought it. Right, yeah. And so they set up This is an eBay. This is the WWF. Exactly. So they set up a tournament, declared new new WWF champion at WrestleMania Mm 4, which Macho Man won. Oh, yeah. With the help from Hogan. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, shoot your movie, yeah. You know, at this point, after four years, Hogan seemed basically unbeatable. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, So it was pretty darn surprising. Mm -hmm. Even Andre... You know who 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 is a legend in the industry to have him beat Hogan for mm-hmm. the belt on network television. Now this was was the okay. So it had the twin refs. Was it also like Hogan had kind of like one shoulder up? Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, yeah, yeah. so he can't, he like, yeah, it wasn't a cl- it wasn't a clean. He count. kicked out, not kicked out. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay, friggin' Hogan, you can't just take a friggin' loss. <laughs> oh, I'm the man. But I remember watching this in in. in thinking it was crazy that Hogan lost. Yeah. That was just a shocking thing. And <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, you know, back then, and Hogan lost, you're like, what? What the heck is that? That never about? happened. Well, they saved that for NBC primetime television. They did. Right there, yeah. Number four. Four. Ron Simmons beats Vader. So this took place on August 2nd, 1992, at a show in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, originally advertised was uh, Sting to take on Vader Mm -hmm. for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. But then during the course of the show, um, he was uh, injured. Quote, unquote. Yes, by Jake the Snake Roberts. Fake injured. Yes. Um, And then uh, after that, uh, Bill Watts, who was in charge of running WCW at the time, had uh, like a drawing. (laughs) A random selection. Yeah, to find a, a, a new opponent for Vader. Yeah. And... Ron Simmons was selected for that spot. I wonder if RoboCop's name was in the drawing. This is two years after RoboCop was in WCW. There you go. So he might have still been under contract. He's like a super part-timer like Brock Lesnar. I'm pretty sure that was just by appearance fee. When did RoboCop 3 come out? Because they could have done another thing. This could have been RoboCop, but instead it was Ron Simmons. Fortunately for Ron Simmons, uh, his name was chosen. And uh, they had a match. And, man, A... Crowd was super behind Ron Simmons, big time. Uh, B, when he won, they went crazy. Yeah, they went absolutely crazy. Now it's kind of interesting is that the so we looked at it like a shoot interview. Yeah, with Ron Simmons, and they said, so why did they decide to put the belt on you that night? Because usually, you know, usually they there's reasons for these things. WCW kind of never cared, evidently never really cared about reasons. Um, and so he said, I have no idea. And he wasn't told he was going to win the, the title until he showed up that day at the arena. Right, exactly. Um, it's it, If you get a chance to watch it, it is, it is actually really a joy to watch. Yes. Um, because, number one, it is actually a deep, like, Bill, Ron, uh, Ron Simmons was really fast. Like, he was a really fast power wrestler back then. Yeah, athletic, like, too. Yeah, he was a very athletic power wrestler. Vader, for his size, fairly athletic dude. I mean, oh, yeah. He used to moonsaults and shit. Yeah. So, um so to watch the finish of this uh, and see the crowd's reaction, but then the face locker room comes down. But the locker room, that kid, the guys that came down, Ron Simmons must have been loved in that locker room. B, 
because there is legit. It's it's one thing for like when Luger beat Yokozuna at WrestleMania ten. You can tell those guys had to have their arms twisted to go out there and celebrate with Lex Luger. Yeah. None of them really seemed to care much. No. You could see every single one of them. And I know there's like probably a Wyndham in there. Yeah, Barry Wyndham was in there. Barry Brian Windham. Pillman. Brian, Brian Pillman um, was there. Tom Zank. Tom Zank was there. The Z-Man was there. Um, they all seem legitimate. Oh, uh, Dustin Runnels. Oh, yeah. Gold Dust was there. Yeah. They all seem legitimately, overwhelmingly ecstatic for this yes. guy. Yes. They're like... Grabbing him, putting the title on him, like holding his head. Like they are going ballistic for him. They're going as ballistic as the crowd is. And the crowd is going ballistic for yep. him. And he was so emotional over it. Yeah. This was a massive moment. First African-American world champion. And man, it was just a legitimate mo- moment of pure joy. Yes. And it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what the reason if it was because, hey, you know what? What a great moment. Let's let's make some history here. Um because I think at the time, 92 was around the time, like, Flair, Brett, at the time, who's uh, the champ at the time? And Randy it, Savage was WWF champ. Sa- okay, Rand- okay, Randy was world champion at the time. Wait, was so that was when Savage, was that his, like, second title run? Or third. Okay, okay. I think it was his last in WWF. So maybe, I mean, maybe it was just, hey, let's let's try to make some waves. Let's try to make some noise. Um, I mean, they're based in Atlanta. Obviously, that's a heavy you know, African American community there. Um, you know, whatever the whatever the reason was, um, it, it was it made for a great moment. Oh, a fantastic moment! And uh, he was champion for five months. About yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest title run or anything. Uh, he ended up losing it back to Vader December thirtieth, ninety two. Yeah. Um, but you know, surely you know down the line, especially with how much he accomplished after the fact. You know, his legendary tag team with uh, with Bradshaw. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, as Farouk as a singles competitor, he also uh, during the Attitude Era, you know, had a lot. Well, yeah, he was Farouk for the tag run too. Yeah. But uh, but it's always great to look back on that, and that is a prestigious moment in wrestling oh, yes, history absolutely. right there. So it was kind of cool. Very cool. Damn. Number three. Three. The Montreal Screwjob. We've talked about this uh, this match a lot. Oh, it's so fun to talk about. Oh, I, I know. It. It's, so, it's so fun let's, to watch. Let's think Brett of, a, let's think of a, a different angle to take on it. So we all know what happened. Brett was about to leave the WCW, but Vince didn't want him leaving with the WF World title. So there, he was presented with... Several scenarios by which he would drop the belt before mm-hmm. going to WCW. He said, no. Well, Brett didn't want to lose in Canada. No. That was his thing. He just it didn't would, want to lose in Canada. It would be like assassinating my character. Yeah, that's what he the said. The hitman character. Brett takes his character too seriously. Yeah, he does. Um, so uh, to make sure that Brett didn't show up on Nitro with uh, the WF title, uh, Vince, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and who else is in that meeting? Patterson or Briscoe? I think Patterson. I think Patterson. Yeah. Um, or Slaughter? I remember I there's someone there's, there was yeah. another WWF executive back there devised a plan by which uh, they could get the belt off Brett. So um, this happened at Survivor Series '97 in Montreal, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a spot where uh, HBK was supposed to put uh, uh, Brett in the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett was supposed to reverse. The match was going to continue. Oh, Hebner knew in advance. Yeah. Um, but what happened was uh, while Brett was in the sharpshooter, before he had a chance to to reverse, Hebner called for the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, awarding the match to Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So uh, Brett legit pissed. Oh, big time because he didn't know. Oh, unhappy. Um, Shawn Michaels did good, a really good job of acting pissed. Yeah. 
acting he knew. like he didn't know. He, he knew. He knew. But he did a really good job selling like he didn't. Yeah. It see, and it, from what I was able to gather, it would. It seems like Triple H was the guy who sort of broached the 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 subject of. Okay, yeah, because I think he tells a story where they're all sitting in the room and it's quiet, and he says something like, "Well, let me just take the belt off him." Yeah. <laughs> just matter of factly like that. Uh, dad, let's take the belt. Why'd you call me dad? Did he say if, he, if he's not gonna play ball or something like that? Sounds like it, yeah. I thought it was a phone conversation. Maybe they're all in the room. I don't know. Anyways, hey, so yeah. anyways, he's not going to play ball. Let's take the belt up. So, uh, so after mean? the match, uh, Bret Hart spits in Vince McMahon's face. That was gross. Destroys like the entire commentary booth. Goes backstage, knocks out Vince. It created a magnificent moment, though. It is truly bizarre to watch this. Um, I was a really casual WWF observer at this point until I heard. You know, I didn't watch the pay per view, but I heard about. It, I was like. Oh wow, that's messed up. Yeah, how are they going to handle this? <laughs> and so the next night on Raw, they had okay. That so hold on a second. Wait a second. Interview so with Vince, where Mister McMahon yeah. was born. Yeah. You, wait. So you had heard about it? Yeah. How did you remember how you heard about oh, it? I read about it somewhere. I think because I didn't get into stuff until after the Montreal Screwjob. So I sort of retroactively was like, "Who's this Bret Hart guy, and why does he look depressed all the time?" When he was in WCW, I was like, "Oh, cool! Everybody's making a big deal about Bret Hart. Let's see this guy. Why does he look so sad?" And then, like, I well, I mean, think... he, you know, even at his peak, he never really looked that happy. <laughs> That's true, he didn't. Um, he's always very serious. He's always very serious. Relax, Brett. Oh, you know. Uh, but anyways, um, and then yeah, of course, there's that fantastic documentary, Wrestling with Shadows. Yes, Hitman Hart. That just happened to follow him during this entire this crazy process of him negotiating with WCW. Uh, this whole screw job. I mean, the cameras are backstage after Vince like stumbles out of his locker room after yeah. getting knocked out by Brett. My favorite part is when I think it's like Brett's wife is like running down Triple H. Don't tell me you didn't know about this, Hunter. You oh, know yeah, about yeah. it. He was like, no, I promise I didn't know about it. I didn't know. I didn't know about it. He's got that cheesy polo shirt on because he was still kind of the feet, you know, French guy. Oh, he, no, he was the Connecticut Blue Blood. The, thank you. Yeah, Connecticut Blue Blood. Yeah, he was the French guy in WCW. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, that was a lot of fun. I always love talking. Uh, that's like my per- that's like my the most joyful moment in wrestling for me. Take you know what? It's not real, Brett. <laughs> it was like you know I told I told I told Vince you know I said it'd be like assassinating my character, it'd be like shooting me in the head in Canada you know in front of all my fans. You know what? See, well, I'm surprised you didn't look at, at that as an inverse. Book it so so DX essentially. Sc- Storyline-wise, screws him out of the title. Yeah. That's a huge f- face thing. They'll follow you anywhere you go. I know. I know. If you get s- screwed, storyline-wise, out of the title, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of face heat. Yeah. I, mean, I don't understand why. Just I don't know. roll with it, man. Yep. It's a, bi- it's a business. It is a business. It's a business. Anyways, number two. Two. David Arquette. So this is this is a, a tag team match, right? That happened yeah. on Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> This is surprising to say the least. I know that there are so, so many things that are surprising here. So the the match was uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Eric Bischoff against DDP and Arquette. DDP was a champion at the time. Was this the main event? I, I can't even answer that question. <laughs> or was it Goldberg versus Norman Smiley? That um, uh, I guess uh, Kimberly, DDP's wife, was referee, but Mickey J, longtime WCW ref, yeah, was a secondary ref. Now Kimberly ended up uh, real life with Jeff Jarrett, right? No, you always get that wrong. It's Karen Engel, oh. Kurt Engel's ex-wife. <laughs> right, right. But DDP and Kimberly are not an item anymore. No, I wonder what happened. They, they've been divorced for a while. Okay. 
Um, so uh, it was a situation where uh, it was a tag match, but whoever scored the pinfall win would be the new champion. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, of course, this is when Vince Russo was booking WCW. Yeah, this is this is Vince. This is all Vince Russo. Oh yeah, you know he claims that it was Tony Schiavone's idea about uh, Arquette winning the title. Um, uh, and then uh, you know Russo just did this to kind of pop ratings. What what are the odds that and then David Arquette got on the cover of USA Today? Um, and there, this match was trying to promote that movie Ready to Rumble, even the movie had already been out. At this so point. once again, this was a licensing deal, sort of an informal licensing deal, yeah, between WCW and then like another like a movie. And I think two weeks later, during the movie's run, two weeks after this match, the movie's still in theaters and it got a slight bump. Yeah, well, like when he lost the title. I think, yeah, that's or what it was. Like that. At Slambree, which happened, yeah, twelve days later, people were tired. People, people were no longer sick of of. Uh, they were no longer disgusted by WCW. So, like, oh, I'll go watch that movie. He's not champ anymore. But I'll it was a situation. The match was where. Uh, what do you think? Let me ask you. What? what do you think the odds are that Tony Schiavone was trolling Vince Russo when he brought that up? Oh, or, he might or have been. At the very least, is joking around. Hey, you should put that on David Arquette. You know, if David Arquette's in the match, you just put the title on him, right? <laughs> Yeah, bro. Hey, bro. What a great idea, bro. That'll pop ratings. That'll pop rate. He'll be on the cover of USA Today, bro. So everybody in a hotel room can maybe see him. In the upper, what, left corner or something like that of the front page? <laughs> exactly. Um, so- oh, my eggs are here. Who's that idiot? Anyways, I don't know. I'm nuking Russia. Um, the, uh, the finish saw a double pin, if I remember correctly, where... Yeah. Who did Arquette pin? Bischoff, I'm sure? I don't know, man. And then, Stupid. but the ref only counted that pinfall, and so Arquette was awarded the belt. Yeah, yeah, there was like, yeah, there was like a double count. Yeah, no, double he pin, only yeah. saw that one. Yeah, yeah double. Pin. But didn't DDP and Arquette celebrate afterwards? Yeah. Why would DDP celebrate? He just lost the title. Well, because he was his tag team partner. But he lost the title. Yeah, but he knew that I wasn't real. He he knew that he can like probably take it off him if he wanted to. But he didn't because it slambury. Arquette swerved DDP, and Jeff Jarrett was a champion. DDP doesn't seem like kind of guy has that much foresight. <laughs> he's good at yoga, though. He is. <laughs> he's he's, just, a, he's a, just a good guy. He's a good motivational he's, speaker, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good for that kid. Uh, I just love that uh, when they told DDP, DDP has said this, when they told him the finish of the match, he thought they were joking. He said, what? <laughs> All right, man. Could you imagine? What a shit show. Could you imagine working there? God, and nobody, nobody, no. no, God, this just no, thank you. I mean, it's bad enough you hear about like WWE. Their like writers turnaround is like three months. Like the average writers was there for three because it's just got to be frustrating. Like, okay, so man, Vince doesn't want gender to win now. That's is that solid? Yeah, no, it's solid. Okay, so we can write this now. Two hours before the show. Okay. Hey, Steve Larson. Yes, Vince. I'm making a change. Gender's going over. And then tomorrow we're going to have a big Indian celebration. Okay, Vince. Vin, g- gender goes over. Book it. All right, Vince. Fuck, we got two hours. Oh, God, this is so annoying. I just want to go back and do comic books. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so Arquette, how long did he have the title for? 12 uh, days. 12 days. Okay, lost at a Slambury 2000. In a tri- oh, yeah, and they had three cages on top of yeah. each other. Yeah. And those matches always go well. Yeah, those were great. Uh, and Double J, uh, he turned on DDP. Double J ended up with the belt. Did somebody get hit with a guitar in that match? Yeah, I think Arquette hit uh, DDP with guitar. <laughs> of course they did. 
<laughs> of course it did. See, this one, the, Arquette winning was a surprise by the time Russo had won it. Oh, yeah. In a way, it just made sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was an inevitability yeah, at that point. At that point, it seemed like it was inevitable that it, it was, was going like, to happen. Oh, that's going to ha- he That's going to happen. He's going to have a stupid sleeveless shirt tucked into his. Dunk. No, that's when he had the uh, the football helmet on and pads. Oh God! And he still got concussed. <laughs> oh man, it was just another week of TV. That's how he. Put yep. It. Anyways, number one. One. Ivan Koloff beats Bruno Sammartino. Um, I believe this was this. Show or the end of it was known as the night the garden went silent. Yeah, man, Madison Square Garden. Now there is there is uh, like some very grainy Zabruder esque film of this happening. Yes, but I don't believe there's any audio to this. I don't think so. There's it's, like one actually really well done. Somebody on YouTube like put their own commentary on it, and I don't know if their equipment is just crap or if or oh, it sounded like it was on of purpose. the era. It actually sounds like it's of the era, and I was like. This sounds this sounds pretty subdued enough to be of the era. Like everything's so no no sold back then. Yeah, and I haven't called. I've got you back to Bruno. Bro, so oh, at, at this wow. point, uh, Bruno had been champ for almost eight years, from May of nineteen sixty three. Unbelievable. And this match took place on January eighteenth, nineteen seventy one. Bruno has a really good rundown of like sort of his career on the Legends with JBL. Yeah. I always recommend it. It's amazing. Did you talk about what his exactly what his schedule was like back then? Was I'm like, almost positive he said it's as, as crazy as we. What, I, eight, I thought he's the one who said eight matches a week, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, six matches, six matches a week, and two on Sunday. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. And literally, the only reason. He like he they they had him lose to Ivan Kolov is because he said I need a break, eight years. Yeah, he needs a break. Yeah, of course he does. Yes, he does. Anyways, um, so if I remember correctly, it was a uh, Kolov who did who finished the match with a knee mm-hmm. of some sort, and mm-hmm. then uh, pinfall was counted, and then you know everybody just went silent, gasped. It'd be like when Lesnar beat. Undertaker, yeah. but like a lot more. Yeah, you know, like people like. So I talk about it. That uh, one dude with like his eyes all bulging out. It the like, uh, Hogan Andre match where Hogan hadn't lost in four years. Yeah, and then you know Bruno hadn't lost in almost eight. Yeah, so shocking. Yeah, double it. Yes, yeah. almost double. Yeah, that's crazy. But then, uh, so Koloff won the belt, um, but he only had it for three weeks, which again is kind of shocking. And then he lost, lost it the, to Pedro Morales, right? And then Bruno got it again in December of 73, so about, about two, two years, years later. later. Yeah. And they held it for three more years. Yeah. Yeah. So that dude had it for like 11 years. What was the, does he have the he has longest for like total combined I think he has the longest total combined reign, I think. Okay, yeah. Wowie wow. It's pretty crazy. No, that is crazy. Bill Apter uh, is quoted as saying it felt like they were at a funeral. Hmm. Is this here from uh, some notes you have here? That, I uh, looked at Wikipedia notes. Okay. Um, yeah, during his time. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going for the finish of the match. So that, that after the pin that uh, Koloff walked to the ref and the ref raised his hands three times. Um, announcer came in the ring with the title, but they didn't want any riots. Yeah. So no one actually gave the belt to Right, Koloff. right, right, right. Um, instead, he left the ring and Bruno uh, remained in the ring. Um, so I guess Koloff could walk out of the ring without a, a riot happening. It sounds like a really freaky situation. An audience of, speculate, 15,000, 17,000? Yeah, the Garden's a pretty good size arena. Okay. That many people just, it'd be like, you know, that scene in The Birds when she, all the birds are just yeah. there. And they're all just staring at her. Well, back then, too, you know, they didn't have the huge. But these are people, not birds. Huge, elaborate 
mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, so they only have the entryway, and you know, every seat is probably filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there could be close to twenty thousand people. Yeah. So you're just you win it, and everybody's just staring at you like, or they're crying at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? You just like. All right, I'm out of here. Like, there's nothing more terrifying than like silence when you're in front of a big crowd. Like we've been in, we like when we did the award, the old Inside Gaming Awards. Like that's kind of the one time we were in front of like a big like yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. were the focal point in front of a big crowd, yeah. and there's like what, a couple hundred people there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's weird. I can't imagine what it would be like yes. in front of twenty thousand. I know, and just like who are that surprised? Who are just shocked and weirded out? And you have no idea like any one guy can have a gun because they probably didn't check that stuff back then. Like, they didn't know. I don't know. Somebody have a gun, man. Saturday Night Special, a little tiny one. Mm-hmm. Like that. I learned that. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so there you go. There are the 10 most surprising title changes in history. If you can think of any others. World title know. victories. World title victories. World title. World title. Uh, let us know in the comments. Um, and, yeah, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.